Amen. If you could make your way back in and take a seat. Come on in. Have a seat. We're going to get going. You can talk to one another afterwards. It's like once we let you guys get going, it's too late. Come on in. Have a seat. Come on in. Have a seat. Stay afterwards. Talk to one another all you like. But don't take my time. How many of you know the first four words of the entire Bible? In the beginning, God. Um, would you agree that one of the most basic fundamental claims of the Bible is that God is. Would you agree? I mean, don't you have to start there? I mean, if there is no God, what's the point of everything? In the beginning, God. But it doesn't end there because the writer of Hebrews says we must first believe that God is and then what else? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. In other words, He's not only there, He's findable. You have to believe that you can have an actual encounter, a relationship with God in which you speak to God and God speaks to you. So that when we pray, pray is not just uttering words out into the ether. Prayer is actually communication with God. When you start at the beginning of the Bible, it says, and God said, let there be light. God said. God speaks to us. And then if you go to the last chapter of the Bible, it says, then He who sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. Behold, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. God said. Now, a couple weeks ago, as I was even thinking about this message and preparing for it, I came across a song I had never heard before. I don't even know how I did it. If somebody posted it, perhaps on Facebook, and I followed the trail, I don't remember. But I heard the song, and I thought it was so appropriate for what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and play the entirety of this song video for you. It's off of YouTube. Uh, this does not count against my time, by the way, because this is not me. Um, but go ahead and enter and don't just watch the video and listen to it. Don't just read the words. Actually enter into the heart and the spirit of what is going on. So go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
today.
the voice of God enough to make a grown man cry. You know, if you take time to read the Bible and you walk with God for any length of time at all, if you're not really careful, you might actually get the idea that God is and that He loves you, that He wants a relationship with you, and that He still speaks today. Uh, God wants a relationship with you, but the reality is there is no relationship, not really, without communication. And the problem is, even in the best of circumstances, communication can often be challenging and difficult. Um, I recently, uh, within the last month or so, had to go see an ENT about my ears. And part of what they do there is they make you see an audiologist and you have to get a hearing test. And to my surprise, when the doctor came back, because again, I recognize I'm not getting any younger, but when the doctor came back, he said, your hearing is really very good. It's good. But you do have one problem, and he called it auditory selective hearing. In other words, when my wife speaks to me, if I'm doing something else, something important like watching TV or playing a game on my phone, or if I am assiduously working hard at thinking about nothing at all, something us guys are good at, then when she speaks, I have this kind of um, diagnosis now that says I ignore all extemporaneous, all extraneous noise because it's not important to me. Uh, and even when I do hear her, I don't always understand what she means or what she's trying to convey. Uh, Karen and I will be married for 41 years this June 14th. And I've learned that there are only two things that you need to know about women in order to get along with them. And no one knows what they are. Uh, it's just, it's, it's an amazing thing. And yet, I want you to think about this. If I have been together with my wife for 41 years, the bulk of my life, and yet we still have communication problems at times, should it surprise you at all that you might at times have problems communicating with God whom you have not seen with your natural eyes? Frankly, i got to tell you, I am skeptical of people who act like they are constantly hearing from God. I mean, almost every day they come to me, it's almost like God spoke from Mount Sinai to them. And it was, thus saith the Lord. And they come at me with this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't know about you, but that's not the way it is with me. I don't usually hear God quite in that way. And then they think that if you're a pastor, it's even amped up more. It's kind of like, instead of having the bat phone on my desk, I have the God phone. And they feel like God sends me a text every day with the agenda that He has for my day. But I have to tell you, I, I, I've been doing this for a while now, and I know a lot of other friends who are pastors, and I would have to say it's not that way for any of us. All of us, just like you, have to walk through the process of learning to hear 
the voice of God. I'm often left wondering, God, what are you saying through this? What is it that you want me to get? Now, I also need to tell you, there are other times when God has spoken to me so clearly, I have been in no doubt whatsoever. This was the voice of God. And you will find, if you've been with me any length of time at all, when I know that I am hearing God, when I am sensing His presence, I almost can't help it, but for me, it evokes tears. And people will say, shouldn't you be happy? I said, I am happy, but I don't know what else to do with my body, but tears leak out because of the voice of God. I have a friend, uh, a dear friend, who uh, says the height of worship is when you get so lost in God in His presence, that you don't know how to get back. And you say like Enoch, God, I'm closer to your house than mine. Can I go to your house? That ought to be something in us that drives to hear and to know the voice of God. Would you look with me uh, this morning at God's written word, His written voice to us? Uh, Luke chapter 8, if you have your Bibles with you. Luke chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible, you can actually put an app on your phone and you can turn to that on your phone if you would like, or it's actually going to be up on the screen for you. Luke chapter 8, and I'm beginning in verse 4. Luke 8, 4. And it says this, And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it, and it choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus here is making it clear. It's not good enough to have ears. Right? Isn't that what he's saying? You have to have ears that are trained to hear. Unlike auditory selective hearing, we need to listen so as to hear. Most often, God isn't shouting from the rooftops. He's whispering to our souls. It's less about a flashing neon billboard sign, and it's far more about impressions and senses that we have from God. The passage we just read points out four kinds of soils, or if you would, four attitudes of heart that God says affect how we hear His voice. So I wanted to look at What does it mean for us to learn to hear the voice of God? How many of you want to hear the voice of God? I do. I want to know God's voice. How many of you have ever been praying and you're saying, God, I need an answer. I need to know. Well, the truth is, I think we can learn how to hear the voice of God. So, I want to give you just, this is not exhaustive by any means. These are not like four rules or anything like that. These are just some things that I have learned that have helped me to try to hear the voice of God, to distinguish His voice from all other voices. So, I want to give you how can we learn to hear the voice of God. Number one, we have to work and nurture 
a receptive and seeking heart. We have to work and nurture a receptive and seeking heart. There has to be something in us that values the voice of God. That says, this is like the most important thing to me. I want everything else to be put aside so that I can learn to know His voice. So that I can hear His voice. And I'm not talking about an audible voice. Can God speak to us audibly? Yes. I believe that if I'm assessing it correctly, God has spoken to me audibly twice in my life. But most of the time, it doesn't come audibly. Most of the time, I just have a sense by virtue of the pressure of His presence that makes me know this is the way He wants me to go. This is how He wants me to handle this situation. But in the text, it starts with believing it can happen. It's believing that there is seed that goes forth, but Jesus says that seed is the Word of God, the voice of God. And so, the first soil Jesus references is in verse 5. Look at it with me. In fact, if you keep your Bibles open, I'm going to kind of be going back and forth. What Jesus does is He first gives you the parable, but then later on, He actually explains the parable. So I want us to kind of look at both here. So, verse 5. As He sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Look up at verse 12 now. In verse 12, Jesus explains it, and He says, Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. He paints the picture of a farmer who's going out to sow seed, and as he's walking down a well-worn path, it's hard, this is the path, he's scattering seeds. It's like he's got a bag in front of him, and he picks seed up and he scatters it around. And invariably, some of the seed falls on the well-worn, walked, hard path. And he says to us that when it falls on that hardened path, the seed can't take root. Now, he he gives a couple of things. He says, first of all, it can't take root because it's hard. But then secondly, it says the birds of the air, or he goes on to explain, the devil actually comes to steal the seed. And what he's saying is, if you have a hard heart, if you don't believe God still speaks, or if you allow your intellect, your logic, and the whispers of the enemy to be louder than God's voice, you will never get to hear what God is really saying. There are people today who believe that God no longer speaks. God spoke once, and it's your Bible, and that's all there is. God never speaks again. And i got to tell you, that to me is contrary to the very word that they point to, which says God speaks to us. Um, The parable tells us that because our minds are closed to the possibility of God speaking, the path which represents our heart, is hardened. We've made up our mind. We've already decided what we're going to do, so we don't need to hear the voice of God. So, what causes there to be a closed heart or a hardened heart? Well, there's a lot of things, but I just wanted to point out three that jumped to my mind right away. Number one is pride. It's when we think, I don't need to hear from God. I can handle this myself. In fact, let me suggest to you, Anything in life that you don't pray for, that you don't present back to God, you're in effect saying, God, I don't need you on this. 
There are people who have said to me, God handles the spiritual stuff. I handle everything else. And isn't it interesting that in their life, most everything else is the other stuff? It's not the spiritual stuff. And yet the truth is, God never intended to come and to give you a get-out-of-jail-free card from hell. God never intended to save you so that you can just go to heaven. He wants relationship with you now. He intended that every aspect of your life, every aspect, would be permeated with His presence. The truth is there is nothing but the divine presence of God in everything you do. I don't care whether it's your work, the mundane stuff you do. We had guys here yesterday working around the church. What you did yesterday was every bit as spiritual as what you did this morning here in this house. And God's intended that you would hear His voice. But pride, thinking I can handle it myself, keeps me from hearing Him. Secondly, fear. Sometimes we're afraid of what God might actually say to us because we're not sure we're going to want to do it. Be honest. Isn't that true? Um, when I was in Bible school, um, we would often hear talk about God calling people to the far reaches of the earth. And I have to tell you, many of us didn't want to go to those far reaches of the earth. We wanted to stay right here where it was comfortable, where it was safe, because that was dangerous. That was risky. So in our infinite wisdom, we decided that some reverse psychology would work on God. So we went to God, and we told God the opposite of what we really wanted, because we thought God would never give us what we want, so God will give us the opposite of what we want. So we said to God, I really, I desperately, I feel called God to go to Indonesia and live among the headhunters. Or maybe, God, I feel like I ought to go to Africa and eat bugs every day. With the hope that God would say, no, I don't want to give you what you want. I want you to stay stateside. I want you to marry your sweetheart, have a nice house, and live comfortably. So sometimes the reason we don't want to hear the voice of God is we're afraid of what He might actually ask of us. What He might tell us to do. And then, number three, Sometimes the things that keep us from hearing is bitterness. We've prayed in the past and God didn't do what we wanted or what we asked for. Maybe for you. Maybe it's even some of you here today. You prayed in the past and you asked God to heal a loved one. And He didn't. Maybe that loved one even passed. I've been doing this for a lot of years now. And i got to tell you, over these you know, 40 years or so, I have watched people come to this church, be on fire, lift their hands in worship, cry before God, but then have one of their family members, a father, a mother, a sibling, an aunt, an uncle, get sick. And they asked the church to pray, and the church prayed. And then that loved one died. And they stopped coming to church. They stopped following God. And their basic approach is this. I don't have time for a God who won't give me what I want what I ask for, which seems to me to be just logically, rationally legitimate. God, I don't have time to pray to you anymore. So it could be pride, it could be fear, it could be bitterness. We feel hurt and we don't trust Him anymore. Number two on our list in terms of what it is that we need to do to learn how to hear the voice of God. We have to make time and take time to listen for and to hear the voice of God. Generally speaking, 
uh, and maybe it's just because I'm getting old, but I feel like we are way too busy sometimes. We don't have time to hear from God. We'll even pray and say, God, I need to hear your voice, but you better speak quick because I have to make a decision now. We don't make time and we don't take time. The truth is, even as the song said that we heard this morning that was played on the YouTube video, we can hear God's voice all around us if you listen to hear it. He said in the song, we can hear it on the breeze or in children's laughter in the park. We can hear it in the patter of rain on our metal roof. You know, one of the things I love, we, we, we had to redo our roof. The shingles were bad. And so we made the decision that just like the church did, we would put a metal roof on. No one told me that when you put a metal roof on, rain sounds so much better. It, 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 it's not, I, I'll hear it and I'm thinking, whoa, it's pouring out here. And I'll look out and it's just misting on the ground. And everything in me says, God, this is your voice to us through our metal roof. You can hear God if you tune your ear to hear Him. He said it's in a song we hear. It's in a Scripture we read that jumps off the page at us. It's in the beauty of a sunset. Uh, when my wife and I go on vacation, uh, one of the things that we enjoy doing is each night, we try to find some place. We hope that wherever we are, it's near the ocean because I like to look at the ocean. It, it just speaks to me so clearly of God's immensity that He says He holds all of the waters of the oceans, 80% of this earth, in the palm of His hand. It's nothing to God. So I look out at that and I think, oh God, You are so amazing. But at night, we like to go for a little walk, usually out onto a pier, where we can watch the sunset. And it's amazing to me. These are people from around the world. We've met people from Germany, from Europe, from Asia. We've met them from all over. When the sun sets, and you can see it getting lower and lower and lower in the sky, the second it crests right there at the, the, the edge of the earth, right there, as it goes down and the final light ends, everybody starts clapping and cheering. And I have everything in me wants to say, who are you cheering for? Who do you think just did that? Do you listen to hear the voice of God all around you? Um, we've got to learn how to slow down and make time for God in our busy schedules. I mean, you think about it. We schedule everything. We schedule, uh, just be honest, how many of you have already been thinking about vacation? Maybe you haven't planned it quite yet, but you've already been talking about planning it. Or uh, how many of you schedule doctor's appointments? Um, how many of you have already scheduled to go to Yummies for ice cream tonight? What is wrong with you? Yummies is right in our town. Why is it that we schedule for everything else but we don't schedule time for God? I'm, I'm honest with you. I'm saying to you, why don't you schedule into your phone calendar? Time with God. Make time for Him. Um, the second reason why a lot of people never hear from God is because they're just too busy to even hear anything that God might say. God gets, at best, our leftovers in terms of our time and our priorities. Jesus said this in our text in Luke 8. Some fell on rock 
And as soon as it sprang up, which meant there had to be a crust of soil on top of that rock. As soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. But the ones on the rock, he says in verse 13, as Jesus explains it, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the Word with joy, and these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. So, the first soil we looked at was the hardened soil, which represents a closed heart and mind. The second soil, which is the shallow soil, just on rocks, represents a superficial mind and heart. It's interesting, by the way, that Jesus uses the word temptation uh, in that same passage right there at the very end. That word temptation is the Greek word parasmos. And it literally means solicitation. And what Jesus is saying is, the seed comes in, it actually finds some soil, but you get so caught up in other things, you get distracted so quick, you know, other things catch your attention. And pretty soon, you've forgotten all about the voice of God. Things that we find are, are attractive to us. We hear the voice of God, and we receive it joyfully, it says, but our attention has been captured by other things, and we don't even remember anymore what he said let me ask you how many of you have laid in bed at night maybe even while you're awake or maybe you dreamt and then you woke up and you felt like God spoke something to you have, has that ever happened to you now how many of you in bed at night thought to yourself I'll remember this in the morning and then woke up in the morning and couldn't remember it we get distracted by other things. Our attention is pulled away. It says they receive the word with joy, but they have no root, and they only believe for a while, which means they don't retain it. Jesus is saying you can be thrilled for a moment, but never transformed for a lifetime. You can be like King Saul. Remember King Saul in the Old Testament? King Saul was a man who was just anointed as king. And Samuel tells him, you go down the road and you're going to see some prophets. As he goes down the road, he sees the prophets. The Scripture tells us that Samuel began to prophesy. He had never done it before, but he began to prophesy the Word of the Lord to everybody around him so that people were saying, is Samuel, or, or rather, is Saul now among the prophets? But the interesting thing is, although in that moment there was the thrill of the presence and voice of God, Saul never really changed inside. He went right back to his old ways, to the things he was familiar with. There needs to be a time that we set aside to hear the voice of God and allow it to soak into us deeply. I would want to say to you, first of all, we need to cultivate an open, seeking mind and heart. And then secondly, we need to allocate time to hear His voice. Number three, we have to get rid of distractions. Get rid of distractions. Um, think about it. What does your mind spend most of its time on day after day after day? We wonder why we aren't hearing the voice of God, but it's kind of like this. This is the best example I could think of. My wife... Um, by the way, just so that you know it, I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't be able to do what I do without my wife. She's just amazing. She has a memory that just knows no end. She remembers everything. And she will regularly correct things that I've forgotten or said wrong because, I, you know, just it goes on and on. 
But here's one of the things my wife does. Is my wife, when we sit down at night to talk together, she tells me the stories of her day. She'll say to me, so how was your day? What do you think I said to her? Fine. Fine. Anything happen? No. When I leave here today, she'll say to me, so, any news? What's my response? No. Right? I'll then say to her, any news from your day? A half an hour later, she's still going. And I tell her, I have limited brain width left. I only have so much room up here. Can you condense it to the Reader's Digest version? Well, I think sometimes that's the problem that we have with hearing the voice of God. Our wavelengths get cluttered up with the white noise of the world with the things that go on all around us. I wonder how many times God has tried to talk to us, but he got a busy signal. Um, I'm not even thinking about things that are bad. I'm thinking about even things that are good can so consume our time that we don't have time for God. Our kids' schedules. Our work even. I mean, we have to go to work all that kind of stuff that's even good stuff can so consume our time that we don't have time to hear from God. The text says this in verse 7. Some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Jesus explains it in verse 14. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So this is the third Attitude of heart. The first was the hardened soil represents a closed heart. The shallow soil represents a superficial heart. The thorny soil represents a distracted or a preoccupied mind and heart. I want to say to you, in fact, I say to you clearly, God has a plan for your life. But I make you this guarantee. You will never get to understanding and walking in God's will for your life. If you're constantly reading the news, listening to Fox News or CNN or the BBC or any of the others, they're not going to help you walk in the mind and will of God. In fact, I had somebody talking to me recently and they pulled open their phone and they're telling me all of the different apps that are all the news ones that they listen to. And they said, what do you listen to? And I had to tell them the truth, and there was a little bit of me that was like, uh, I'm sure you're going to think I'm bad, but I don't listen to the news. Because I haven't heard any good news from them. I do hear good news from God. I'm not talking about being you know, naive or not knowing what's going on. That's not what I'm talking about. All you have to do is live in this world, and you're going to have enough other people telling you the news, or at least from their perspective. But I want to focus in on what God has to say and by the way, don't confuse your busyness with fruitfulness. Just because you're going crazy all the time doesn't mean you're going anywhere. You could be going in circles, scurrying around, chasing your own tail. And it doesn't mean you're really accomplishing anything. Jesus here talks about these weeds and he gives three examples. He says the weeds are first cares. The Greek word means to brood or to be pulled in different directions. 
That's the biblical definition, by the way, of worry. If you're spending all of your time worrying, you're not going to be able to hear the voice of God because you're putting your focus on those things instead of on God. The second one he references is riches. Riches can be a weed in your life. We're so busy making money and getting ahead that we don't have time for God. We're so busy making a living that we don't really live. For too many, life is getting up in the morning, going to work, slaving at work all day long, coming home, eating dinner, and falling back into bed, and then do it all round two. And you forget that God has a purpose for everything that you do. I don't care where your job is or what you're doing. God has you there for a purpose. To be His witness in that place. So it ought not be just about survival. It ought to be finding what is God's purpose for me in this place at this time. And then the third weed that he mentions is pleasure. And again, there's nothing wrong with pleasure, but for too many of us, comfort and pleasure becomes our primary goal and agenda in life. Um, in my second church that I pastored, uh, the church was an interesting church. It was a community church. And um, part of what they uh, did is they had church early in the morning. It was like at 9.30. And then they would have Sunday school at 10.30. And after I'd been there about a year, we had grown about almost 100 people. And these people were coming in and we were picking up children from local trailer parks and bringing them in. And these were kids that were coming from really hard situations. I mean, if I told you some of the stuff that we found when we went into this trailer, it's horrific that they even survived. But these kids would come to church because we'd have to pick them up first because we didn't have time after church. And then they would stay for Sunday school. So it was a longer time. So finally I went to the board and then we had an actual meeting about this with the whole church. And these were all folks who had been in this church for years and years. I was the new pastor. And I said, would you be willing for us to turn this around? Can we have Sunday school first so that these kids can come to Sunday school? And then give us a little bit of break so that we can take them home so they're not here as long. And then we'll have church. And they were horrified. But the reasoning was this. There's only so many warm days in the summer. We want to be at the lake. We don't want to be stuck in this building with you. So therefore, we want to have church first. We want to have it early. And it can't be more than an hour because if you go more than an hour, Pastor, we're getting up and walking out on you. Don't have time for church because after all, you only have so many warm... Do you realize it's sunny out today? What are you doing in here? But that's how people are. We don't have time in the summer because there's only so many warm days. We can't come to church in the winter because it's cold and it's slippery out there, so I don't want to come in the winter. We can't come in the spring because, well, the lilacs are blooming after all. And we can't come in the fall because the leaves are changing. Everything about our pleasure can become a distraction from hearing the voice of God. A weed is anything that distracts from being with God. Spending time to hear God. And by the way, how much work does it have to take to grow weeds? None. They just seem to grow up. So you have to be diligent against the weeds. And number four, very quickly, we must choose ahead of time to be a doer and not just a hearer of the Word. Most of us want God to talk to us and then we'll decide if we want to do it or not. Think about it. Isn't that true? God, tell me what you're thinking, and then I'll make my own decision. 
Um, we here at the end of the worship service, Pastor John was talking to us about saying yes to God. We have a song that we used to sing, saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Well, it's easy to say yes, Lord, in the worship, but how about for the rest of your life? On a day-by-day basis. Um, We used to sing a song, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be what you want me to be, dear Lord. I'll do what you want me to do. Well, it's easy to sing those kinds of songs, but is that how we live? our lives. Um, This is probably a bad way to say it, but the only way I could think about this is why would God waste his time and his breath on someone who won't listen to him anyways? We've got to be able to say, God, when you speak, the response of my heart is, yes, Lord. It says this in verse 8, Others fell on good ground, sprang up, yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He explains it in verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So, you started with hard soil, which represents a closed heart. You then went to a uh, shallow soil on the rocky ground. That was a superficial heart. Then you went to a thorny soil, which represents a preoccupied heart and mind. And this... The good soil represents a yielded heart and mind. A heart that says yes to God. I don't merely want to hear God speak for the thrill of it. I want God to speak because I want Him to train, transform and change my life forever. Uh, he says they, they keep it. They bear fruit with patience. The Message Bible puts it this way. They seize the Word and hold on no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. Or James puts it this way, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Here's here's the question I want to end with today. This is kind of like your homework. This is homework for you. This is kind of like while some schools were out of session because of sickness in the school, COVID, stuff like that, I'm giving you homework. This is your homework for this week. I believe that what I have just said to you is God's word. I have read to you from God's Word, but I believe it's also biblically sound and it's God's Word. My question to you is, what are you going to do with this Word this week? How are you going to apply it to your life? Because you don't want to be a hearer only. You want to be a doer of the Word. Try doing just one thing that maybe you haven't been doing. Maybe for you, it's like a friend. I had a pastor friend tell me that he hadn't read through the Bible And so he said, I've just decided, even though it's late in the year, I've just decided to start a read-through-the-Bible plan. Maybe for you, that would be something you could do. You could say, you know, it's it's in May now. It's late. We usually start in January, and I just didn't have time. I got busy. Other things distracted me. Why not try now? And maybe you won't make it through by the end of the year, but at least you'll be saturating yourself with the Bible. Maybe what you could do is take one verse, one verse, and memorize it over a month. And then take time to meditate on it for a while. Say, God, what are you saying to me out of the verse? But do something that is going to actually be a help to you. We've had life groups, and I know we're drawing to an end of our life groups, but that doesn't stop you from getting together with people to encourage people. Maybe you might want to just plan some time that you could actually sit down with people over coffee or maybe coffee and pie or something where you could say, I want to see and hear God through friends and be a response of God to them as well. Maybe next time life groups come up, you'd say, hey, I want to be a part of that because I want to hear the voice of God. Do something. Don't, Don't just hear the Word and let it go. 
do something. Would you stand with me? The person with the new artificial knee stood faster than all of you guys, by the way. <laughs> Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you still speak to us. You speak to us through your written word. And Lord, we love it when you cause your word to come alive to us. But you also still speak to us in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, and we hear your voice. Lord, I thank you that you are the God who is and that you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who seek your face and give ear to your word. You said, let those who have ears hear. Well, Lord, we want to be hearers and doers of your word. We pray it in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget to get your kids, by the way. And again, thank all of you who were able to be out yesterday serving and doing so much on the church. See you guys later.